Hey everyone, welcome to the Art of Healing podcast. I know it's been a while that I haven't been with you guys, but I'm so excited to be back to you today with a really special guest. I have Michael Francis Lott, who is a professional intuitive and he's taught me so much and I've had an amazing reading with him. So I feel like you guys are gonna get a lot out of hearing him hearing our conversation today. So welcome, Michael. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, Kara. It's uh, such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. I was like, like you were one of the people that I was so nervous to ask if you would come on and then you were like, <laughs> yes, and I was so excited. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's, um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah. So I just um, wanted to start by asking you if you could maybe just define a little bit about like what a professional intuitive is and like what that um, job title entails kind of so people can understand what you do. Yeah. So in the realm of intuition and psychics and mediums and all those things, um, you know, every intuitive that you talk to will probably have a little bit of a different answer. Mm -hmm. um, but what I kind of, uh, the way that I kind of um, define what I do is I call myself a spirit guide communicator. So basically when I tune into people, I tune into their field and I sort of access a level of their higher self or their higher mind, which is connected to their guides. And then it lets me see their life kind of from a bird's eye view where I can see what's going on in their relationships and their career, so on and so forth. And also what's going on within them on like a very deep, intimate spiritual process. And then so when I kind of see that person's life from that higher perspective from that expanded view, then um, the guides bring through information um, to accelerate that person's growth. And if there's an area where they need healing or awareness or so on and so forth, um, I bring those messages through. And so when I tune into someone, it literally feels like there's someone or something um, talking to me, giving me the information that somebody is most needing to hear. And before I go into a session, I always set the intention, may I receive what is truly most helpful for the person that I am sitting with? And then I open myself and allow that information to um, come forward in that way. So it's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's like such a fascinating way to help people. I'm, I'm always so interested and I love, like, I've been doing this class with you every week. That's been amazing. And I feel like I've learned so much in like two weeks. So <laughs> I love it. But, um, but I also, I'm also curious, like when you say guides, like when you say the guides that kind of help you out with the information to like tell the person, like, Mm -hmm. what can you can you like define that a little bit yeah totally so um yeah it's really interesting when we start getting into the realm of guides um because when I tune into people it's so fascinating to me and I feel like I learn so much because 
the ecosystem um, on the other side, I guess you could call it that, is very diverse and there's a very wide spectrum of beings. Mm -hmm. um, so there's like angels, there's deceased loved ones, there's deceased pets. Um, there's a lot of like elemental spirits and nature spirits that often okay. come through for people. Um, there's ETs that come through. I mean, just the, the spectrum is really, really wide. Um, and then there's also different beings that with that uh, have been with souls from past lives and so on and so forth. Um, and so basically, um, the way that I understand it, and this is something that I'm literally learning about and kind of getting schooled on like every single session that I have with people. So it's something yeah. that I, I just like I'm learning about in real time. But these different beings, um, in a sense, come forward as an expression or a aspect of the person's higher self. And that might represent like um, a certain quality that they're integrating or a certain, um, certain lesson that they're working through in their lives. So um, it's very, very diverse. It's very multi-dimensional um, and Basically, I feel like for the most part, they step forward on behalf of that person's higher self um, to relay helpful information. So it's so cool. So like depending on where you are in your life at a particular time, like like your client, basically, like different guides could mm -hmm. come through. So it, is that what you're saying? So like if I like today, maybe you would see a different guide than if you read me in like five years, you would see. Is that Yes, absolutely. So each person has a very um, diverse team that works with them. And there are certain guides that you would call primary guides mm -hmm. that are basically like with that person over the course of their entire life. And you could okay. kind of look at them as guardian angels or something uh -huh. like that. And they're with, they're with that person from the time they're born until the, the time they pass. And then there's different sets of guides that come in um, in a more seasonal kind of way. So it's mm -hmm. like if you're going into a new chapter in your life and let's say um, you, for example, like let's say you're learning about like intuitive development and cultivating that skill, there might be certain guides that step forward to specifically help you with integrating that quality. And then when your lesson is done, they might leave and go away and you might get a new set of guides. So it's very cyclical with the guides that show up. Okay. So like for people who might not be super intuitive or like in touch with their intuition, is there a way where people can start to get in touch with their guides or with their higher selves so that they can just be more in tune with that part of themselves? Yeah, totally. So I think the important thing to know about guides <laughs> is that guides speak to you through you. Um, so they literally communicate to you through your inner kind of recesses, through your own thoughts, through your own feeling sensations. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because when I work with people, I'll tell them something 
And then the client will be like, oh my God, like I just had that thought yesterday. And I'll be like, well, that's because we're both getting the same memo. It's like, because you're getting the messages from your guides as well, but you didn't realize that it was your guides because it felt like it was coming from you. Right, right, Um, right. So one of the best ways that I've really gotten in touch with my guides um, is really through... um, okay, like one of the things that I'll do is if there's an issue that arises in my life or a certain challenge that I'm working through, I'll go for a long walk and I'll be like, okay, I'm setting the intention to connect with my guides, with my higher self. Like, you know, if there's any wisdom that wants to come through on this topic or this situation, like I'm open. And then I'll just start talking to myself and I'll just kind of start channeling Mm -hmm. and to an outsider, it might look like, okay, this dude is just talking to himself, whatever, (laughs) you know, but what I'm doing is I'm accessing a certain dimension of my consciousness that's connected to my higher self. And I'm bringing through that wisdom. So it can come through um, self dialogue is the the best thing that I recommend. Um, It can come through literally like talking with yourself and setting the intention to access your higher self. And I also recommend like um, writing and kind of like stream of consciousness writing for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, And also anything creative gets you in touch with your higher self and your guides too, like art or um, anything that allows you to exercise creative energy. So it's like, it's kind of like channeling, like creativity is also kind of channeling through your guides as well. Cause it's like a higher form of yourself, I guess. Right. Exactly. Any time that anyone is deeply immersed in a creative or artistic state and it's coming from that authentic, pure place, like you are channeling the vibration of your higher self, of your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it might be nonverbal if it's visual art or music or whatever, but it's still that same channeling state that you're accessing that's connected to your higher mind. That's really cool. It's, it's so fascinating to me, like how many different, how many different avenues there are for people to really access these like more ephemeral spirits or aspects of the self that aren't so solid in terms of like, you know, with the five senses that we have, like taste, see, hear, smell, and whatever the other one is, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Those are like, those are like, you know, immediate, you know, they're there. They're super obvious. It's like, but then these other ones, especially the ones that I've been working on with you, like the Claire's and those even I feel like some clairs are a little bit more obvious than others. And that is really interesting nuance, I think. Um, but for people who don't know what the clairs are, would you mind giving like a quick um, explanation of what they are? Yeah, totally. Um, so with intuitive development, one of the things that we focus on is um, the inner intuitive senses, which we call the clairs. So there's claircognizance, there's clairvoyance, there's clairaudience, 
and there's clairsentience. And there's a couple other clairs, but generally when we start with intuitive development, we start with the four main clairs. Mm -hmm. And so clair is French for clear. So for example, clairvoyance is clear seeing. Uh, clairaudience is clear hearing. Clairsentience is clear feeling. Claircognizance is clear knowing. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. And so each of the clairs, um, you can kind of, okay, I th one of the best ways to describe this is that with our physical senses, like sight, taste, touch, um, hearing, those are mirrored by those inner intuitive senses. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, like, oh, I was just going to say oh, like, go like, because I'm a visual artist, my clairvoyance is like the, the most obvious one. Like they're the the strongest because they're in life yes. the same yeah yes absolutely so um it's like whatever your most dominant physical senses like if you're a highly visual person yeah or let's say you're very musical and you focus a lot on like hearing um whatever your most dominant uh, physical senses is what you're going to trend towards as your most dominant intuitive sense. Um, like I, have no, when, I have no musical ability at all. And I feel like I've never had clear uh, audience ever in my entire life, like not once. <laughs> um, <right>. But I also <laughs> feel like, like music is like, hearing is like, being able to distinguish different like notes and tunes and stuff. And like, I'm really bad at that. Like I'm near tone <laughs> deaf, I think. So you yeah. think that because of that, I will never be able to hear like angel <laughs> bells of like my guides or whatever. <laughs> no, I think that um, uh, all of the clairs, I feel like inevitably over time open as you develop then. Yeah. Um, but you'll, you may always trend towards, uh, your dominant senses. Yeah. But f for me, it was really interesting because my dominant sense was always clairvoyance because I'm a visual artist and, um, I've spent a lot of time like developing that skill of like, you know, painting and focusing on color and being very visual. And then, so in my psychic work, it's like, that happens to be my sense that I lean on the most. And when I first started in the psychic development stuff or developing myself, I couldn't feel anything at all, like in my body, like uh -huh. my Claire sentience was like very undeveloped. So but like, then, not like me, like, cause I thought we were really similar in, our, in ours because we both have clairvoyance so strongly, but I feel like I have a, also strong clairsentience and you just said you didn't when you started. When I first started, it was something that um, wasn't as developed and I, it kind of took me an extra focus to really like drop into my body and like feel the different emotions and feel the sensations. And uh -huh. now that I've been doing it for a while, my clairvoyance and my clairsentience are like right on par with each other and yeah. very, very, they're both my most dominant senses, but it took me some time for me to really um, develop that and strengthen that. 
So I feel like the same maybe for you with Claire audience that it will get stronger <laughs> over time. So. Like you know, you're like it's never gonna happen. No, it'll never, it'll never happen. <laughs> no. Um, no. But like I I think it's really uh, cool and really important to let everyone know that like everyone has these senses just just the same as everyone has the ability or most people have like regular senses like sight smell whatever. Um, everyone has these, right? Is that correct? It's just getting in touch with them. Oh my gosh. Yes. Everyone has intuition. If you are a human being, you are intuitive. (laughs) Um, because when I first start working with people in my mentorship, uh, work, there's a lot of people when they first come and they, they're scared to actually dive into the exercises because they're like, what if I'm not intuitive? Like, what if I, what if I don't have this at all? And it's like, no, (laughs) like you're definitely intuitive because it's, it's, it's one of the most natural aspects of being a human being is our intuition. Mm -hmm. Um, But it just takes a little bit of self-awareness to understand the unique way that your intuition works um and that it's communicating to your conscious mind because for a lot of us we're constantly getting intuitive downloads like all throughout the day but because we've never been trained um to pay attention to that we just brush it off as like mental static or random thoughts or our inner world can just seem very nebulous and random and in Mm -hmm. reality it's like no that 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 mental static, that inner static of sensation that you're experiencing throughout the day, like that's information. It's just a matter of learning how to translate that language for your conscious mind to register and utilize. So, so my question is like, for someone who might feel like they, they are somewhat intuitive or in touch with that, but they're not sure how to different differentiate, like, thoughts, just random thoughts from their intuition. Do you have like a clear cut way for people to do that? Yeah, I will say, and this does take a little bit of practice. So as I say this, it might take people listening to kind of like sit with what I'm going to say and like try it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But the quality of thought and the quality of intuition when you start to pay attention to them, you'll notice that they're very different. And the quality of thought can feel very heady and kind of shallow and a little like staticky. But if it's intuition, oftentimes like you'll feel it like in your gut or you'll feel it in your body. Or um, if it's clairvoyance, for example, you'll kind of notice a certain quality to the clairvoyance that's distinguishable from thought, as you know, as we've done with our intuitive development. It's like a daydream, Um, like more of a daydream. Yeah, exactly. It's it's more of a daydream. And, And something that I'll also say about kind of like mental chatter versus intuition is mental chatter can often be very uh, like fear-based and worry-based sometimes. Like it's kind of this like, oh, like what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? Um, Or a a very superficial kind of, Um, but you'll notice that intuition, there'll be this depth of 
um, almost like peace that comes with it and this like objectivity that comes with it. Um, so I would say just to give people like a very clear cut way of distinguishing for beginners, I would say um, if something arises within you and you're not sure whether it's mental chatter or it's intuition, then really let yourself sit with it and really like feel into your body and like see if you feel that deeper resonance with it. Um, because if it's just thought, it'll kind of stay in this like shallow kind of like heady mental chamber and it won't penetrate into those deeper layers of your being. Right. And I feel like also if, if listeners are into meditation, this is a really good one to meditate on. Like if you're not sure you can take, um, a thought or if you're, you think it's intuition or you think it's a message and like meditate on it and see how that feels. Um, that's something that I, you know, I practice every night. I practice, I have a meditation going that I do every night. Um, and depending on like what has gone on that day or what is in my mind before bed, I really like to clear that out before I go to sleep so that I have just more, more space to like allow healing throughout the night. And I find that's a really good time to meditate on things like that. And I get a lot of clarity from that. So I feel like that could be helpful for anyone who's unsure as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and something that I, I say with people, you know, when they're kind of developing and learning to access their intuition, it's when you get an intuitive download or something that you're not sure, like, oh, is this an intuitive download or is this just like my ego just running off on something? Um, really like give yourself that chance to sit with it and let it like move within you, you know, because if it's from the mind and it's that mental chatter, it'll be like, oh, I had that thought and it's fleeting and then it's not relevant like the next day. But if it's an intuition, there'll be a certain consistency with it that will stay with you over mm -hmm. a period of time. Um, and something else I'll say too is the mental thoughts to me feel very shallow and like one dimensional, whereas opposed to like, when I get an intuitive hit, it's like, like there's this depth to it, which I just feel this resounding resonance in my entire being. It's so. like a gong. It's like a, yes. <laughs> I feel like the thoughts are more static. Like they're more like here one minute gone the next and you move on. But then the, like the true intuition that you have is more solid and like not as fleeting, I guess, but, but again, I think everyone experiences that in a really different way. So it's important to get in touch with like the way that you interface with these different clairs and like the way that you might, you know, get the information. Cause it, it is different for everyone. And even like with me, you know, I've been not, I haven't been working with this for very long since I met you, but like, I've been doing other types of intuitive things or like development or meditations, whatever. And I don't know, it's taken me a long time to really know what the, what the voices are that I'm looking for and like, and to really strengthen my own mind to like, get really clear on what's what, because it can be really confusing at first, I think for some people. 
or at least for, for me. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And what we were just kind of talking about as far as like sitting with it in your body and like listening for that resonance, that inner gong. Um, I would say that's like the most universal way to really tell. But like you mentioned as well, it's like when we really start to go into the art and the practice of intuitive development, it's like each and every person is so unique with how they receive intuitive information. And for example, like with me and also with you, like we're both very clairvoyant, but um, there's times where I'll work with a client um, and they will be um, not clairvoyant, like mm -hmm. hardly at all, mm -hmm. uh, but they'll really feel things in their body or they'll hear voices. Um, so that's one of the beautiful things for me about intuitive development is that you learn so much about yourself in the unique sort of like constellation of your inner world and how your inner world is kind of like oriented and synthesizes information, which is really cool. Totally. I, I have a question that's kind of on like a little bit of a different track that I'm curious about um, because I've read so much about this and I, I love reading about like guides and like um, just like the other side, stuff like that, like uh, people who have passed away, like like people who are close to you, all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm curious, this is like such a totally different question, but I'm curious if you have um, an idea of like what that place is so that like maybe you can give people an idea from like your point of view or like how you see that and how that, how that like helps you in your readings. Um, you mean as far as like where like the guides are coming from? Yeah, or... kind of. Yeah, like where the guides coming from? Where do they hang out? Like, what what are they doing <laughs> all day? Are they like are they like a guide to like a hundred other people, or like they only a guide to you? Like, are they do they eat? Like, do they get hungry? Like, what do they wear? Do they like travel on a bus or can they like disapparate like in Harry Potter? Like what do they do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so once again, it's like uh, with this kind of information and understanding kind of like the other side and uh, the guides, it's like, that's something that I literally get schooled in like in real time every single time I do a session it is something I'm still learning about and I don't necessarily feel like in this moment I have like the entire picture of like yeah. what the other side is and what like, it looks give like me a map. like show me the whole map draw it out for me <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> totally but um I'll say that from what I understand uh so far and what I've learned from this work is that you can kind of look at, um, I'll say like the other side, you know, which is yeah. kind of like this blanket kind of like statement when in reality, the other side isn't just like this one place. Like there are different realms, uh, different sort of like dimensions that are predicated off of different uh, vibrational kind of like qualities. Uh -huh. So you can kind of look at it um, very similar to like music and like almost like um, 
like different octaves in each dimension kind of like has a blueprint of a particular scale, but you can go um, and play that same scale on like higher and higher octaves. So that's kind of what I would say about um, kind of how to think of it in the terms of like the other side and what that looks like, because it's like our physical dimension is a, within a certain bandwidth of vibration. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but our consciousness is not limited to the physical, right. which is why we can access these realms that are beyond this one bandwidth that the physical body operates in. Um, so um, I'll say kind of like in the realm of, of the formlessness or whatever it is where these other beings operate. Um, it's a higher octave, you could say. It's a higher octave. It's a higher bandwidth. Um, Is that why, and, we, why, like, sometimes we can't always understand, like, their names, like, the guides' names, because it's, like, in such a different language that, like, our, our humanness can't understand the word or, like, hear it properly. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes guides have, like, very clear names, um, and sometimes it's hard for us because like our physical ears or our brains can't quite translate like what yeah. it is. And I think one of the things that is most difficult um, for people and even for myself to grasp as I'm doing this work is that we try to take our kind of limited understanding of form and then like project that onto like these higher dimensions and be like oh like you know it's similar to here but it's right. like <laughs> no like this is the way that we understand things and it's different in in uh in these higher realms so um i will say that there's more of a of a oneness in those other realms um there's less definition like for me and you, there's like, I am Michael, and there is Kara, and we are two separate selves. Um, and in those higher realms, it's not so defined. The individuality isn't so defined in that way. And so like, for example, a guide will come forward, and it will be, um, let's say, like an archetypal guide um, that is stepping forward as a um like okay let's say somebody has a native american guide for uh -huh. example and that native american guide steps forward to help somebody to integrate certain qualities of that person's soul now that guide can be its own separate being but it is also intimately and intrinsically connected to that person's higher self so there is an individual expression but there's also a joined union so, so there's a much deeper understanding of oneness in those higher realms. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know how when you dream or like when we dream, like it's not so defined, like it'll be one thing and it'll like switch to another thing. And like the face will change yes. to like this kind of the same person, but not really like it's all confusing. <laughs> a yeah. Little exactly. And this, so that's why it's a little bit hard to sometimes put words to it, but that's exactly what you're talking about. And oftentimes the guides, like when they show up and reveal themselves to me, like clairvoyantly, they will take a vision 
um, that my conscious mind can understand and the conscious mind of the client can understand, but that might not be the fixed form that they take um in those higher realms oh so, so they can like shape shift almost it's like an exactly creature who can like show what they need to show at the time that they need to show it pretty much exactly and they're very conscious when they're communicating to us on um what we need to be able to process the information that they're trying to show us and give us so they're um, to us basically because we don't exactly. have the tools to attune to them pretty much. A, a, there's there's kind of a meeting like we meet them a little bit, but they yeah. also come to meet us in a way that our brains can understand consciously. Right, so. right. And also I've heard from, you know, uh, from just reading that I've done like the other side or the spirit world, whatever you want to call it, it's not so far away. It's not this place that we... You know, it's just like the other side of a piece of paper. Like we're on one side and the other side is like the, is the other side, you know, it's, it's all kind of happening here, even though, you know, we don't necessarily see that with our eyes. Like we can feel it. We can interact with it. We can be part of that. If that's something we want, because it's not so far away. It's not like Neverland, like some place that we can't see. Exactly. Like geographically, the quote unquote other side, kind of a blanket term, is not distant at all. In fact, it's it's almost like superimposed over our reality, but it's kind of vibrating at a higher bandwidth that is beyond the scope of our physical senses. But it's right here, which is why people that are extrasensory can perceive like uh, maybe like a ghost like within a house and then maybe other people can't perceive it in that yeah way. Um, and I feel like that's it, also, it, it does that have to because I'm really curious about this because I ever since I was a little kid have been like so terrified of ghosts I don't know why like you know <laughs> what made me so scared but when I was little like I'd make my mom check everywhere I couldn't sleep with the lights off I had like a phobia like a really really severe like I couldn't sleep for like years because I was so scared. I never saw one, but I was just terrified. Like, I don't know why it was just this thing that was just so, so, so scary. And like now as an adult with these like interests that I have that are not like exactly mainstream that have a lot of, you know, um, a lot of like interest in like the other side and like, uh, just all of these extrasensory things. I feel like I've never seen a ghost. I never want to see a ghost. I'm still <laughs> freaking terrified of seeing one. I have no interest, like stay away, please. And I feel like through every experience, cause I've had so many weird like experiences that you can't explain, but I've never seen like a white thing with its feet off the <laughs> ground, like roaming around my house. Cause I would freak out. And I feel like they know do not come near me with that. And they, they don't do it. They don't <laughs> like, they know that I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. So that's just totally. how it's presented to me. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. And if a guide wants to communicate with you and, um, 
you know, impart some kind of wisdom or just help you in your life in some way. Like the last thing that they want to do is scare you. (laughs) And I'm not really scared of a lot of stuff. It's just this like weird thing I have, but I I feel like I've said it enough out loud and I've thought it enough in my head that (laughs) any guide or any person who's like knows me will know that that's not the way to interface with me. And that's just not what they would do, especially like a loving being. I don't think would you know, if you're like super closed off to something, you don't see that right. kind of. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's an, yeah. just an interesting side note that I've never had that experience because I'm so closed off to it, I think. Yeah, totally. And yeah, the guides, you know, when they, when they want to communicate with us, um, and they're always communicating with us, by the way, they only want to be helpful, you know? And if there's something that they that they would do to reach you and it wouldn't be helpful. Like they're sensitive, they're sensitive enough with you um, in your process to know like, okay, we're not going to reach out to her that way. You know, if like, if there are some like ET beings that you're connected with and it would like totally freak you out for like a UFO to like land in your backyard, they're not going to do that if they're trying to help you. you know? No, I want to see a UFO. I, but I don't think there are places in New York to like search for them. I think that's more like a right. out west thing, but I want to, but that's different, right? From like a ghost. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. This has been like such an amazing conversation. I'm so happy that we get to share this with people because I think people are going to get so much out of it. So thank you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's my pleasure. It's so much fun. So yeah. And so if people are interested in doing a session with you or doing the intuitive development courses, do you do you offer those or can you just tell people like how to find you? Yeah, totally. So I am currently doing one-on-one session work, um, both in the context of uh, giving intuitive readings and also doing one-on-one intuitive mentorship with people. Um, And if people want to get in touch with me, they can do it through my website, which is www.theblossomingself.com. Awesome. And I'm going to put that in the description for the podcast. So you guys can all um, find Michael. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Kara. Of course. Bye. Bye.